you here on another Tim's Takeaway, and this one is going to be hopefully relatively short, and it is going to be on the Glasgow Coma Scale, otherwise known as the GCS. That's right. We're going to spend a few moments to just go over the Glasgow Coma Scale. Um, so, all right, well, let's just dive right into it. So first off, the Glasgow Coma Scale is one of those things that uh, um, is very, should not be subjective. However, um, it depends on how you do the tests and how you do certain things to the patient to help get the responses that you're, that you're truly looking for and be able to score. So what we'll talk about is that there are three categories that we're focusing on. We're going to look at their eye opening, we're going to look at their verbal response, and we're going to look at their motor response. And when we add those areas together, um, our maximum score that we would get would be 15. The minimum that we would get would be at a 3, right? So um, one way I try to remember this is, is that I walk into the room and I see somebody and I eye them up and then I say, hello, and I extend my hand to shake their hand. So that's how I remember eyes, verbal, motor. And if I keep them in that order, it tells me what my maximum score is in each category, which happens to be four, five, and six. And my minimum score in each category is going to be a one. All right, so um, we're gonna also address some other issues such as um, what do you mean by inflicting pain? Um, there is two areas that we'll actually take a look at in relationship to eye opening and motor response where we focus in on pain and how well they respond. A lot of times people will go ahead and do a sternal rub. One area that I will point you to is if you go to crashingpatient.com uh, backslash medical dash surgical backslash neuro dash exam dot htm um, then a backslash again um, they actually do support the fact that uh, really we should not be utilizing um, uh, the sternal rub that actually it also causes disfigurement and causes potential problems um, and they actually indicate that the best sites, two locations they recommend, are the supraorbital nerve, which is going to be above the eye, um, right on the bony prominence of the orbit. And another site is going to be the trapezius squeeze, which is what I usually teach in class. So the sternal rub, though, is nonspecific. Um, and as many times as people do it, it actually becomes very violent in danger, um, actually can, can, or damage can actually occur as a result of what is happening with the, with the patient um, because we have a tendency to do it a little bit too hard. So um, I would say the trapezius is one of the easiest ones to take a look at. All right, so um, let's take a look here at, I walk in, I find my patient that is lying there. If uh, the patient is lying there, um, eyes are open, they're looking at you when you walk in, great, their eyes are spontaneous, they get a four. If, however, you walk into the room and the patient is not, uh, re their eyes are not open and you call them by name and suddenly their eyes open, great, they responded to speech with their eyes, they get a three. Um, for pain, if you walk into the room, again, um, you see that their eyes are not open, that you call them by name, um, and there's no response. And now you inflict pain by, again, utilizing the trapezius 
muscle, or you can go ahead with the uh, supraorbital um, area. And now they respond to you by opening up their eyes. They get a response to pain being a two. And if you inflict the pain, call their name, and don't see that their eyes are opening spontaneously, and they do nothing with that, they get a one for none. So eye-opening, probably one of the easier ones, and really I related to AVPU, alert verbal pain, unresponsive, same type of deal. Then I move into the best verbal response that an individual is going to have. Um, and we run into issues with this as well. Um, so we'll, we'll kind of address this here. Okay, uh, you know, this gets into orientation and what is it that we ask our patients? Well, there should be three questions. It's person, place, and time. It has nothing to do with the president or any type of political issue. It is, who's the patient? What's their name? What month is it? And what year is it? And can you give me an approximation of the day, right? So that is or the time of the day. So that is orientation. So if you walk in the door, you, you know, uh, you ask them the question as to what month is it? And they tell you it's the correct month. You ask them the year, they give you the correct year and they tell you, you know, who, what their name is. And then they also tell you, um, that it's, you know, afternoon you're set to go. They are oriented to person, place, and time. So you've got those three areas. You know, when you start getting into those higher level things of, of presidents and everything else, that, that, that's just assuming that they follow mainstream stuff, right? If they're can, they get a five, by the way, if that's, if that's what their answer is. If, however, you find that they're confused, confused is going to be they miss one of those questions. So they tell you it's 1964. Great. That means that the individual is confused. They get the year wrong. They get the month wrong. That indicates that they're confused. They get a four in that area. If you ask them a question such as, your, you know, what's your name? And now they're inappropriate. Inappropriate would be, um, George went to go get the books. Um, another one would be, no, my son's coming here. It was totally inappropriate in relationship to the question that you just asked the patient. So that's why they get an inappropriate. It would be a three. Now, incomprehensible is what many, many people feel on a Saturday night. Um, and that is when you ask them a question, they, rah, 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 rah. they kind of mumble and do one of those things. That would be a two. That's incomprehensible. Finally, uh, if they do nothing, there's no verbal response, then it becomes a one or a none. Um, and so far, we've been able to identify two of the three categories. So we move on to the last one, and probably one that we find to be um, very useful, and, most, and I don't want to say most important, but it is one of the three areas that um, we get to see and change some responses in relationship to the way that we take care of patients based off of the uh, motor response. So what you're asking them to do is, is uh, do something for you. So you don't want it to be a reflective action. So keeping your hands at your side, you know, you can say, touch your, bring your right hand and touch your nose. Um, they can do that. And I'll do the same with your left. You know, whatever it may be, you're asking them to do a, a command um, and they're going to obey it. If they do that in a proper manner, then you get a six or they get a six. Then we get into, well, do they localize the pain? So this is where localization, withdraw, flexing, and extending all come into the pain perception now. So if I use my trapezius, I'm just going to go right there with that. By the way, at this point, this is another good time to bring up why you should not do nail bed pressure. 
because if they pull back, you don't know whether or not they withdrew or they were localizing or are they actually flexing. So it's inaccurate at that point. Localizing, so if I pinch their uh, trapezius muscle, um, what we start to find is that, uh, oh, they, they go and they push you aside, right? That is localizing. They're identifying where that pain is at. And if they do that, that is a five. If you pinch them um, in that trapezius area, by the way, another area I like to go is the anterior um, uh, axillary area, very tender there, and they get a great response as well. Um, so if I pinch the trapezius or the superorbital uh, um, eye nerve, we're pretty good to go. If they withdraw, the, it kind of gets a little bit difficult to try to figure out what's going on, but if you're using uh, the trapezius or the anterior axillary makes it a little bit easier because you'll start to see that they'll kind of jerk back and that becomes that withdraw. Now that becomes a four. Now the last two, or actually the last three, you inflict the pain and they bring their arms in their upper extremities. They bring them in close to them. Um, a, a, they're flexing, almost like if you were looking, they were trying to show you their muscles. Um, so that would be a flexion. If you uh, if they do that, a lot of times when they do that, they'll also extend their toes, and this is now a um, going to be a four, or I'm sorry, that's going to be a three, right? So it goes six, five, four. That would be a three. And now if we inflicted pain and they um, pushed out, they uh, extended their arms. Almost looks like they're going to stand up on their tiptoes and extend their arms out. That is extensor posturing, and that is a two. And finally, if you inflict pain and they do absolutely nothing, that is going to be a one, right? So a drawback to the Glasgow Coma Scale is that, um, one drawback, I should say, is that it is uh, always or almost always reported as what the total score is. The total score is not really there to give you a whole lot. Um, you have to identify and report each category, eyes, verbal, motor, for a better interpretation of what the scores are. It is difficult to reproduce, um, to go from one provider to the next because they may do the test a little bit different and therefore it becomes difficult to try and follow. Um, and there are some other things, and by the way, some data indicates you may only, you know, neurologists doing this may only get 50% reproducibility with it. So it can become a little bit different. Or a little bit difficult all right so i think with that that's pretty much going to wrap up where we are at in relationship to uh the glasgow coma scale so uh you know take a look in your book for the numbers i encourage you to use a reference for the numbers but um you know easy to remember if you can remember if you can memorize it and then you try to add the numbers up and ems and math just are wonderful little things okay all right so we'll see you on the next one of tim's have a good one